BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And this month, which I actually think this is coming out not in the month that we are recording. Um, (laughs) I think this is coming out in 2024. But right now we're doing one of our big final... Recording sessions of the year. It is still December 2023. And Samantha and I did a bit of a switch uh, for the holidays. So Samantha did the fictional women around the world this month. Um, and it was really fun for me to be on the other side of yeah. being like, well, tell me more. I don't I understand. I was having so much fun with it <laughs> in being a two-parter. Because I was like, let me tell you about the entirety. It was great. I loved it. And a lot of you have already written in and been like, that was very funny <laughs> to hear. They were talking about, because I don't think that's come out as we recorded it, but no. they were talking about the Frozen episode where I was like, what are you talking about? Um, where we did My talk comparison. about uh, Once Upon a Time, which I don't feel bad spoiling because this does come out after that, even though it hasn't come out yet. That's the fun of publishing in the world of Sminty. Yes. Um, Yes, but I am taking one of the feminists around the world segments in this exchange. Yeah. So welcome. And I am cheating because I'm doing an American woman, <laughs> which we typically try to avoid. Um, look but I'm, at you cheating I'm, already. Look, look, you did a two-parter. I'm going to cheat. <laughs> uh, yes, we do try to avoid that usually, but I have been meaning to talk about this um, and this person. Ever since Ms. Marvel came out, the Marvels came out, excuse me, which we saw together and enjoyed me and Samantha. Yes. Yes. So today we are talking about American filmmaker Nia DaCosta, who was born in Brooklyn in 1989. Oh, also, timestamp on this, December 19th, 2023 is when we're recording it. I only say that because a lot of things are changing very quickly in the story that I will talk about a little bit at the end, but... Anyway, um, yes, uh, was born in Brooklyn in 1989. Her mom had moved to the U.S. from Jamaica and was one of the founding vocalists of Whirl Girl. As a kid, Tacosta wanted to become a poet, 
But as she got older, in her teenage years, she really fell in love with film. Um, And so to that end, she enrolled at New York University Tisch School of the Arts. And she had a lot of great experiences there. Once she graduated, she started working as a production assistant for television, working with directors like Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese. She went on to write the script for Little Woods, which I'm sure some of you have seen, heard of. Um, It was one of 12 projects selected for 2015's Sundance Screenwriters and Directors Labs. DaCosta met and befriended Tessa Thompson, who was later cast in Little Woods. Um, And through Kickstarter, DaCosta was able to fund and film Little Woods, and that made it her first feature film. When it premiered at Tribeca in 2018, it was awarded the Nora Ephron Award for, quote, excellence in storytelling by a female writer or director. The movie debuted in theaters in 2019, and in interviews from around that time, DaCosta spoke about the importance to her around telling stories about women who were active and not passive. Okay, so after finishing Little Woods, she directed two episodes of Top Boy, and in 2018, she co-wrote and directed Candyman, the new one, obviously, Mm -hmm. Um, when it came out in 2021 and earned the top box office spot. She became the first Black woman director to have a film debut at that spot. She was hired to direct The Marvels in 2020, Um, only the fourth woman to direct a Marvel movie and the youngest director and the first Black woman to direct a Marvel movie. When the Marvels came out, it made $46.1 million, which was the best opening box office ever for a Black woman director. Here is a quote from Variety. DaCosta also wanted to satisfy the blurred Black nerd in her who'd grown up absorbed in comic book culture. The Brooklyn-born filmmaker was especially keen to tell Kamala's story because she was a huge fan of the Miss Marvel comics, which debuted when she was in her teens. Usually I'm not like, I like this person because I see myself, a tri-state area nerd who loves superhero and comic stuff and writes fan fiction, DaCosta says. But she's a great street-level hero, an heir to Spider-Man. And here's a continuing quote. Monica is wrestling with the grief of losing her mother Maria and feeling like Carol abandoned them. Why Kamala must learn that her idol is just another person. Carol's journey is about learning that the fate of the world doesn't rest wholly on her shoulders. Because Carol has been on her own for so long, it was important to show what it is actually like for this woman to live a life where she thinks she's the only thing holding everything together, which is a story that a lot of women can relate to. And yes, through her work, she has received many awards, nominations, and she has been, she's on so many upcoming projects. She's very, very busy, Um, (laughs) which is a part of what I want to talk about next, but I really don't want to focus on this because... I want to celebrate this and not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bring it down. But we should. One of the reasons it was on my mind was because when this movie came out, there was the unfortunately expected sexist, racist response. Like the cast is mostly women. It's a diverse cast. There's this black woman director. And then even though it made a lot of money and there's been a lot of conversation about how we frame like movies made by men who don't make a lot of money versus movies made by women who don't make as much money as you're expecting, but it's kind of the same. Mm-hmm. That there has been a lot of conversation around it and around Disney's response around it, what they give money to, um, the difficulty of working in such a big machine 
uh, came up a lot. And apparently it's kind of understood that you don't get final editing say. So DaCosta did speak about this, and this is from that Variety article. There are pockets where you go because you're like, I'm a super fan. I want to exist in the space of just adoration, which includes civilized critique. She explains, then there are pockets that are really virulent and violent and racist and sexist and homophobic and all of those awful things. And I choose the side of the light. That's the part of fandom I'm most attracted to. So she said this, which to me totally makes sense. But then a lot of people purposely misinterpreted it and were like, she's saying, oh, Marvel fans are horrible. <laughs> Look what she's done. She literally is like, no, this good side. Right. I don't understand how they misinterpreted that. Yeah, well, they did. They just took out the word pockets and then side. No, of the they light. left it in there perfectly. Uh, but they, they just pretended like it wasn't <laughs> yes, there. Okay. Yes. Yes. I mean, proving the point, pretty much. <laughs> also, a friend of the show, Bridget, did a whole episode on this if you want to know more about it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. And I do think there's a lot of things going on right now. There's there's Marvel fatigue. I think there's franchise fatigue in general. It's kind of uncertain territory. Disney is panicking. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird because it's always like, we had fun watching it. I thought it was a good time. I thought it was different. I thought it was unique. Yeah, I liked it a lot. 
Yeah, and it, that doesn't mean it's perfect. Like, I don't know why we have to be on this ground where it's like, it has flaws, therefore, see? I think it was better than some of the more recent Marvel yeah, movies that have absolutely. come out. <laughs> Um, so it's just, I feel like we're having this conversation in a way that is not consistent. I also think, like, I, I know DaCosta has spoken about this. Here's a quote from her. Um, Growth has to stop at some point. As you make more and more films, you want those films to be more interesting, more dynamic, and to appeal to different audiences. But that requires risk. And there's a conundrum where you're so big that you can't take risk. I think that's what the audience is feeling. They're like, I've seen it before and I liked it the first time. Um, and here's a quote from AP. But it's also a big budget attempt to try some new things. It's the first Marvel movie to feature not just all female leads, but a female villain as well. DaCosta, 33, is the youngest filmmaker to helm an MCU release. More importantly, she's the first black woman to direct a Marvel movie. She's 33. Ouch. I know. Don't think about it too hard, Samantha. Ouch. Okay, I going. mean, no, you're amazing. Go get it. Yeah, no, <laughs> proud of you. You do you, but damn. Great. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. Um, and another thing, and I was thinking about this when we were doing our wrap-up episodes at the end of 2023. This came out like literally the day the strikes ended, so they mm -hmm. couldn't advertise it. Yeah. And so I think that's also been a problem, both in like what Disney does, but also, yes, they couldn't advertise during the strikes. And I feel like a lot of movies now, and I'm a Marvel fan, I, I just don't know what's coming out anymore necessarily. Right. Um, or when it's coming out, which used to be I would know. But a lot of articles have also said things like Encanto came out, wasn't number one, did pretty well, but was like, you know, not what it became through streaming. Like, I think there's also just a shift in how we watch things right. going on, honestly. But there has been a lot of drama about this, and I'm just going to skim over it because I'm, ugh. Uh, but basically, people are sort of like, what's going on with Disney? We're pretty much trying to blame her and throw her under the bus. <laughs> and like maybe saying some quotes you shouldn't be saying about like, oh, she went and did, filmed another thing from a different country when we were in post. But that's like normal. People do that. Um, she, she had told them she was going to do it, and they agreed. Recently, at like Disney's big, what are we going to do meeting at the end of the year? Bob Iger was like, there wasn't enough supervision on set. But here's a quote from Gizmodo. As that aforementioned Variety report lobbied, and has been a frequent criticism of the Marvel machine, even at the height of its influence in Hollywood, Marvel Studios is known for heavy executive involvement in its films. Even when working with directors seemingly hired for their own unique visions and approaches, and a fix-it-and-post attitude that the studio is at least apparently trying to turn away from. But still, it's also a wild thing to say when the Marvels itself still ultimately feels like a product of the studio's preponderance for meddling and poking. No matter what you ultimately think about the Marvels itself, positively or negatively, Disney's increasingly public critiques of DaCosta are just starting to feel weird, and weirder the higher up the food chain that they start coming from. The studio is so concerned as to why this specific film among a series of underperformers in 2023 didn't work, there has to be a better way of approaching that concern than throwing its director under the bus. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot going on with it. That's why I wanted to put the date at the top. But yes, uh, it is part of a larger separate issue conversation. I'm sure we'll have, I have a lot of thoughts about it. Uh, but yeah, Tacosta's by no means done. Um, she's currently filming something with Tessa Thompson right now. Like, I think 
Delightful. She's got she's gonna be good. <laughs> she's gonna be fine. That's so absurd. Like I I actually really enjoyed it. There are yeah. things that I'm like, okay, don't love that part. Singing right. a whole singing planet, spoiler <laughs> alert, uh, was a was interesting, especially when I saw it yeah. was a like a Korean drama dude. I was like, wait, what? Yep. Like that was, but it was funny. But the entire yeah. thing was like as many like heavy handed things that Marvel tries to do. It was fun. Like yeah. it was both of those things, and it was good to see that nuanced level mm-hmm. with the three very different people mm-hmm. bringing in some amazing characters and like character qualities. And I love Kamala. I think she's a wonderful addition. And I really hope the next generation of Marvel's Avengers, whatever they're going to be called. I know you and Joey had told me and I already <laughs> forgot. So I can't wait that's for right. to relearn. Uh, but like, they, I think they're, that's like, those two are really great characters. If, oh yeah, she's one of my favorite. Two, y'all, y'all don't know if you haven't seen it, so we might need to do a spoiler <laughs> Saturday for this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love Miss Marvel. Was one of my favorite comics when I went my second wave of comics when I was in like right after college. Miss Marvel was one of my favorites. I think they built a great backstory for her. She might be one of my favorites. Like, and I yeah. don't love Marvel like that. <laughs> like, I watched mm-hmm. all of them. I watched all of mm-hmm. them. All of them. I watched most of them, but mm-hmm. like, I think Ms. Marvel was one of the most, the better, like, well-rounded, developed characters thus far. Of course, they're going to go yeah. back and ruin things, I'm sure, but thus far, I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, she's great. Um, and I, the actress is great because she is a Marvel fan, and that's kind of how she got the role. And so she has a lot of thoughts so about this, cute. too, and they're interesting to read. Um, but yes, yes, we will come back and talk about it more. Um, but thank you for letting me do this swaparoo, even though I cheated. cheated. <laughs> and we still came back to Marvel. I love it. <laughs> I know. You know I was going to. <laughs> Don't act surprised. I'm not, but I enjoyed every bit of it. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Yes, thank you. Um, and listeners, hopefully that you have enjoyed you have enjoyed our little our switcheroo as well. Um you, if you have any topic ideas, people we should talk about, fictional or otherwise. Uh, you can let us know. You can email us at stephaniemomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at Momstuff Podcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I Never Told You. We have a tea public store and a book where Marvel is discussed. Yes, you can get it wherever you get your books. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I 
love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 